And we are back at the Old Oak Table here in Oak Hill, Florida, the Taylor Park, for episode 41 of Taylor Trash Fly Fishing. Feels good, fellas. Feels good, 41. Yeah, that's getting up uh, there. And I think if you do the math, we're probably like mm -hmm, 50-something probably, something like that. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, we're uh, slowly getting back into the habit of uh, getting together. Um, we, we really just, uh, I think everybody kind of got in that holiday spirit, you know. Mm-hmm. We, we've done one since the holiday. And we're had some rolling February. stones, too. We've had some rolling yeah, stones. Yeah, there's lot of travel. a lot of stuff going yeah. on. So, um, but let's, uh, let's start out by talking about what we have coming up. It's the... Uh, big push that we've been uh starting we're just a little over a week into promoting the second annual dinghy derby and poker run to benefit marine discovery center up in new smyrna beach there are local ngo uh 501c3 organization that's uh, leading the charge in a lot of good work for restoration and conservation efforts here in Mosquito Lagoon. Uh, God knows uh, it's important work and uh, that's what it's all about. So uh, April 4th is the Dinghy Derby and April 3rd, the night before on Friday evening, we'll be doing a little event uh, called the Thingy Before the Dinghy. So We've all been uh, doing our part to do some planning and getting things lined up. And uh, I think so far, it's 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 really coming together. Yeah, it really is. Um, you know, last year, you know, when we came up with the idea to do it, we put it together and like did it pretty quick. Yeah, and uh, you know, we didn't really have. We had no base. Yeah, we had we, no baseline. Yeah. yeah, we had no baseline. So we, we were like setting the baseline. So, you know, expectation wise, I know personally, you know, Shannon and I never said out loud, like, you know, what we hoped we were able to raise. Yeah. You yeah. Know, I mean, we said it to each other, but like, it, it was just like kind of like an unspoken thing amongst all of us yeah. of, you know, because I mean, the, the thing is when you do an event for the first time, you've got this uh, little bit of doubt in your mind about you know w- will this thing yeah. turn out to be you know are, are we gonna are we gonna pull it off i honestly we... thought it'd be like a handful of like people from around here yeah yeah, yeah. Off, like when we do off. like the little meetups yeah yeah right and uh man were we freaking yeah we blown were, away yeah just we absolutely dead blown wrong. away <laughs> yeah. we dead wrong in the best of ways yeah. Yeah, yeah in the best of ways um it's kind of funny um i've been up to Marine Discovery Center twice in the last couple of weeks um, and, and like had sit-down meetings with uh, Chad Truxall, who's the executive director for the nonprofit, to talk about, you know, logistics for mainly for, you know, the thingy before the dinghy mm-hmm. because um, they're actually allowing us to utilize their amphitheater and facility as a venue. 
Um, so, you know, just making sure and clearing our plans and what the expectations are and, you know, what can we get away with? What do we have to woe up? And, uh, it was funny during the, during the second meeting that we just had this week, um, one of his assistants, uh, lovely lady that, uh, works there was, um, talking about, you know, who, who she could lean on to, to, you know, maybe get a food truck to come out and, you know, different things and talking about, you know, getting raffle prizes. And she had a list of, uh, local merchants in New Smyrna that typically anytime Marine Discovery Center is trying to, to do fundraising that they'll always step up and, just saying, hey, let's coordinate and make sure that you guys aren't asking and we've already asked mm-hmm, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And we gave them an update during that part of the conversation and said, you know, so far with people that have registered for the dinghy derby, uh, half of the registration, so it's a $30 registration this year. We, mm-hmm. we increased it from 25 last year just because mainly it's easy, easier math. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So half of it, 15 bucks goes their way, 15 bucks goes to the pot. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were telling them, you know, just from the, at that point, it'd been just over a week, like one day past a week since we had announced and, and opened up registration, um, between people that are registered for the Derby. And then of course, people that came through and, you know, like Clint, you mm-hmm. know, $505 donation, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're already approaching 1500 bucks. Mm-hmm. And they were like, holy crap, in a week. And we're like, yeah, you know, I mean, you know, we, we still obviously, you know, that's pretty light as far as registrations yeah. go for the, the actual dinghy derby. I said, but, you know, we're seven weeks out, you know, six, right. seven weeks out. You know, a lot of people are going to wait until, you know, it's getting closer and they feel comfortable with the weather and they know they have the money to do it, you know, this, that, and the other. Um, and I said, but, you know, we're, we're very hopeful. You know, we want to we wanna do better than we did last year. And Chad says to her, you know, when Larry first told me that, you know, he was part of this podcast and they were going to do this fundraiser. And, you know, I was like, okay, that's cool. You know, that's, that's awesome. Um, he said, then, you know, he goes, you texted me and told me when it was over that you guys had raised $5,005. He said, I thought that like you would just like fat fingered, the the text <laughs> and I thought and, and in my mind I was like oh, okay cool five hundred bucks he goes and then when you guys showed up with the check yeah. I was like oh my god it really yeah. was five thousand mm-hmm. dollars and he was saying that Jesse who you know is in charge of the mm-hmm. conservation and mm-hmm. the restoration portion of their programming most of her funding comes from grants so it's like year to year mm-hmm. they don't know exactly what she's going to have in her budget. But last year when we originally approached him, we said, Hey, you know, when we make this donation, we want it to be earmarked and go specifically for her programming. And and he of course agreed. And he said, you know, your all's donation was game changing. Mm -hmm. And, and we're like, you know, Hey, we're hoping for a bigger, better year this year. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so far, um, of the people that have registered, you know, doggy daddy's holding it down with uh, furthest away. That's actually coming. That's yeah, going to be part yeah. of it. You know, he's coming back down from Wisconsin. Um, 
Ozello Reds and and Allie, his wife, they're coming over mm-hmm. from Crystal yeah. River. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we already have people that have been sending me messages from Charleston uh, saying, hey, I'm coming down. We're probably going to camp, you know, da 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 The Drakes are coming down. Mm-hmm. Yep, we got people coming down from Asheville, North Carolina. Um, so, you know, it's a pretty, pretty wide-ranging group that's already committed. And then I'm fairly certain that we're going to have quite a few of our good friends that came last year that are more local that yeah. are probably going to come again this year. Mm-hmm. We certainly hope so. We oh, think yeah. everybody had a good time last yeah. year. Oh, I know yeah. I did. Yeah. I for sure did. So um, that's that's uh, that's the thing that we want. Do is, we have we have accommodations and stuff on Q and A pages? Yeah, anything? Yeah, like we that? Do. yeah, yeah. We we tell people where you know the three main hotels are that are mm-hmm. closest to the. Uh, you know, what we did on that was like. You know, hey, the thingy before the dinghy, you know, is is kind of centric to the North Causeway. So yeah. you got a couple of hotels over on Flagler. You got numerous um, VRBOs, Airbnbs right. around. We've got links to help you find those. Good, good. good. Um, so a lot of people are. Oh, um, there's. I, I know uh, it's not Clancy's anymore, but you know, a couple of our listeners have already booked uh, Brian Clancy's old place. Um, oh, uh, yeah. It's um, Mosquito Lagoon. What, uh, what was Mosquito Lagoon? Yeah, it was Fish Mosquito Camp. Lagoon Fish Camp. Now it's uh, Latham's, Latham's or something mm-hmm. like that. But uh, yeah, I mean, we've got quite a few people that are, you know, and, and like in particular, those folks, I know they've got their accommodations booked. They just haven't signed up for sure, the derby right, yet, sure. but it's coming. Mm-hmm. Um, the um, and, and that, the derby and poker run, obviously you have to pay to get into the poker run. So it's pretty easy for us to know how many people to expect. We'll have a list, we'll have your name on it, you know, and we'll, we'll know to check you in when you hit, you know, marker seven to start the thing. But the, the wild card for us and where we need the most help is if you are not able to do the dinghy derby, um, maybe cause you're, you know, maybe cause all you own is a canoe or a kayak. Mm. And unfortunately this event is a little bit too far, uh, for those kind mm-hmm. of vessels. Um, but you're like, Hey, I want to come hang out and I definitely want to support MDC. I'm going to come to the thingy before the dinghy. Um, go to our Facebook page and we've got the event up on Facebook. We've got both events, the Saturday event and the Friday night event. But the most important thing about the Friday night event is having a kind of a head count. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you're coming RSVP on that, that, Hey, I'm going, um, cause it's going to help us do things that are super important. And we hope you guys feel they're super important. Like knowing how much beer to have, mm-hmm. um, the intent, uh, is to have beer available to everybody. Um, and the, the hope is that when you, enjoy one of those ice cold beverages that the tip jar that's going to be there where you can pick up a free beer is, you know, you're feeling good about it. You drop a couple of bucks in there. A hundred percent of that is just going to roll right into what we're donating to MDC because the beer that we're getting is being donated to the event. So we're not going to be selling it. It's going to be, you know, come have a beer with us, you know, hang Mm -hmm. out, enjoy yourselves. Um, we're lining up some folks that are, you know, artists that are going to be in attendance that'll have some of their artwork there. They might be doing live paintings. 
We're probably going to have two or three different skiffs uh, that are going to be there that you can touch, feel, check out, see what's the newest, the latest. But these are all things that as we approach people and talk to people about being part of our event, it's nice to also be able to tell them, you know, well, we're still five weeks out, but we know this many people have said that they're coming. Mm -hmm. So, um, absolutely. And I think it's going to be neat just to have, like you were saying, there's going to be a couple, you know, the art, the artists are going to bring some tents. There's going to be some boats. There's going to be some stuff to, yeah, there's going to be more, yeah. You know, while we're standing around chit chatting, we got some stuff to look at. So yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, we're going to be there. Right. And they're, you know, all the, uh, everybody that comes is going to be there and it's just going to be one big, nice happy hour. Mm-hmm. And the event space is really cool. Um, it's, um, right beside where they've done the marsh restoration, where mm-hmm. they took the old high school site, you know, was obviously filled in and raised up to be able to build a building on it and be above the floodplain. Well, once they tore down the old high school where, MDC is actually one, it's the old administration building Mm -hmm. um, at the old New Smyrna Beach High School. The whole rest of the high school is gone. Well, they took, and I I can't remember how many acres it is, and they like actually removed all that fill Mm -hmm. and actually rechannelized it and reconnected it to the existing marsh up there. So you actually have a living, live working working restoration area. So you can see, hey, if we return everything to its normal elevation, remove the dikes and such, look, it comes back and it's natural just like it used to be. So it's going to be kind of neat to uh, see, you know, some of the work that they're doing. Um, You'll be able to meet folks that work at MDC, that volunteer at MDC, get to find out more about what they're doing just beyond what we talk about. Mm -hmm. So. Um, that's a go ahead. Um, I know it's on the website. When's the cutoff date to register for the Derby? Uh, it's in March something. Uh, yeah. If you, if, if you're listening to the podcast and you're saying, Hey, I I'm, I'm out in uh, Montana and there's obviously, you know, a little bit too far for me to go to come to the event, but I'd like to find out more about the event and maybe Based on what I find out, I, I might make a little donation. Go to the taylortrash.com website, and there's a tab, Dingy Derby. There's a bunch of FAQs. Um, yep. There's a section on that page showing you pictures from last year's event, so you kind of get a, a, a feel, a vibe for what it looks like, what it was like. Um, there's... Um, information about when you have to be registered by and there is a cutoff it's about i think it's just shy of 10 days yeah before the event like and, and super far out but. yeah and the reason for that is we, we've got to terminate it at one at some point because just like last year when you check in at that first spot we're hoping to have little you know swag oh, bags bag, yeah. yeah so we want to make sure we've got all that lined up and don't get caught with uh our waiters down mm-hmm. yeah around our ankles so yep um, since we all got together last, um, Carl, you alluded to it a little bit of, uh, traveling, mm-hmm. uh, some of us, uh, Mark, who, if you all haven't figured it out yet, Mark's mm-hmm. not with us tonight. He's feeling uh, under the weather and, uh, we hope he's feeling better by the time we see him again. Mm-hmm. He came up with, uh, this fucking harebrained idea calls up and says, Hey, 
what do you think about next weekend we run up to Atlanta and go to the fly fishing show? I was like, uh, you driving? <laughs> He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You just got to ride. So I went. Ben, you I, he you met us up there. Me and he was like, you want to go? I didn't say you drive. I was like, yeah, man. I got to get out of Dodge. So uh, ironically, it was on my way up for family vacation, so it worked out perfect. But yeah, I did meet y'all up there. Little, uh, I forget what I was doing. Oh, I couldn't ride with. I was going to ride with you guys, and then I'm. Then you realized going north. Yeah, you got to keep going, and we weren't going to keep going. He didn't want to. He didn't want to like drop and do the drop off and pick up a week later. (laughs) Uh, A a little disappointed by that, Mark. But you're not here to defend yourself, right? Um, Yeah, Atlanta was sick. So um, my 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 Atlanta experience um, was um, just getting to ride shotgun uh, with Mark and his family. And uh, it was kind of interesting. I guess I didn't ask very many questions. I just said, you're, you're driving? Yeah. Mm. All right, cool. I'll go. I didn't realize how late in the day we were leaving. And we left New Smyrna at like 8 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> And it was so you slept with your mouth open. Oh, um, in I made it almost to Atlanta. Like I think about an hour outside yeah. of Atlanta, I I was I was out. <laughs> so I, I'm sure there was some uh, slobber and mouth agape going on over in the passenger side. Well, and that was one of the things I was worried about because I don't I'm not a big night owl, and I was pretty like originally I was like I'll convoy up with him. I was like I can't drive at three in the morning. That's what time we arrived. Yeah, we arrived at the hotel at 3. So I was going to leave my house at 1 and sleep in the parking lot till y'all got there. And then Susan was like, no, I put you on the list. But I didn't get out of the house till like 2.30. And then as I'm leaving, my buddy who lives up in North Carolina was like, hey, can you go by Harry Goods and get me these materials? I can't get them down here. So by the time I made the trip across town and back, I didn't leave till 4. So... And then my GPS didn't route the same way yours did. It went up, down I-10 and up uh, 75. Actually, actually, that was what the GPS was telling Mark to do when we were going through. Because uh, we went up, obviously, 95. And I don't think it's Siri, but, you know, yeah, whoever, whatever. Does, whoever does, you know, whatever Siri's cousin's name is that, that, that yells at you about navigating Cleat. was like, you know, you want to hang a left here on I-10? And Mark and I were talking, and the next thing we know, it's like, make a U-turn, make a U-turn, make a U-turn. <laughs> Good morning. And we're like, fuck it, just keep, you know, yeah. keep going. There's another interstate that goes up that way. So we ended up going a little bit out of our way, a little bit the long way. Um, I feel like you still made better time than I did, because I only got in, I got in a one. Yeah, yeah. And we, I left we three were, hours before you did. Yeah, we were laughing. We were like, what the fuck has been doing? <laughs> yeah. And the... And you don't have to admit to this because I know sometimes you know you have family members that listen to the podcast. <laughs> um, we were all saying because we knew when you checked in, you're like, "Yeah, I'm like uh, about an hour and a half out. I'm just passing Macon, Georgia." I was like, "That motherfucker's on I-75." Mm-hmm. I said. He's been at Cafe Risque all afternoon. Mm-hmm. No, he stopped. He stopped rider. just south of Negative. Gainesville. One and, the, you know, warning, <laughs> warning, <laughs> warning. Uh, I was like, you know, 
he stopped and had that that breakfast that, that they served. That grilled cheese sandwich they served. Yeah. Oh, God. Mm. It's one of the, like well, you know, these not ten best. It's one of like the like in the top one hundred as far as quality of grilled cheese is concerned. Well, <laughs> top one hundred grilled cheese in the nation yeah. countdown list uh, coming in at eighty nine. Right, uh, that cafe risque. Um, my route for people listening that want to know uh, ninety five two ninety five I ten seventy five bypassing Gainesville because if you listen on previous shows. Been no two strip clubs, mm-hmm. um, but I do love me a damn good grilled cheese sandwich, so. dude. You know, sometimes rules are meant to be let's, broken. Let's <laughs> actually come up with a countdown of the best grilled cheese. Well, in so, the state you of know, Florida. you know, let's take let's take the exit ramp here since we're talking road trips. <laughs> okay. um, you know, the other day um, I had to run over to the west coast of Florida to do um, the day job, pay the bills, and on the way back, I stopped at uh the awful waffle mm, uh, and, yeah. and, and had mm. you know if you're on the road and you don't realize it waffle house has a kick-ass burger off oh, yeah, the grill. oh yeah 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 and you don't get fries with it now you get um hash browns hash browns and um i had posted a picture on the instagram story and ben texted me a little while later and it was like Man, I gotta try one. Of, you know, I've never been to the. And I'm like, no, I didn't. Uh-huh. No, How no, old? Uh, you've never yeah. been to okay, the freaking Waffle House? Why you're you're texting me? I've been to the Waffle House. I said they just built a new one in Melbourne, and I got to go to that one. Uh, okay, okay. No, yeah, because yeah. the way you wrote it, you were like, Carl's I was like, I've been to Waffle yeah. House. I was like, oh, what? Yeah. Ben's Look, never been to Waffle House. I'm like, dyslexic, and I'll take full credit for my text coming out <laughs> pretty <laughs> ass backwards sometimes. Like I immediately started thinking that's bass backwards, but you know, exactly. Like Thank that's you. that's just like that qualifies under you know, like when I was doing the beer with with Wes. Yeah, you, you just got to do some man shit, right. you know. And, <laughs> and on the list of man shit is like you would have had every you, right. You, you eat at Greasy Spoons. Yeah, yeah, and you would have had every right to just kick me off this podcast indefinitely. If you um, hadn't, if that Waffle was an accurate statement. So Waffle House is actually a really. Like I think it's like a cultural ph- phenomenon. Oh yeah, okay. They, yeah, a lot of major weather sources. Oh yeah, it's the, it's Waffle, the House. Waffle House uh, index. Yeah, and they'll stay open, and it's based on linemen, electric like yeah. linemen. Okay, and they'll they set up in Waffle House around Waffle, Waffle Houses because they'll still feed them. Oh, when they're there, you know what right, I mean? Like yeah. they set it up like a cafeteria so they can at least eat and get the power back for the rest of the town. Uh, that's yeah. cool. So they have like this insane weather sense, uh-huh. apparently. Yeah. And it's always, it's not the best thing I've ever eaten. Oh, hell no. But it's always exactly it's the yeah. same. You know what you're getting. doesn't matter where you are. So if you're like in the middle of the night, some shithole, you're like, oh, what's going on? You can always just pull in and. It, they all look the same too. There's actually an article, and and I'll have to search it up, and uh, maybe we'll throw it on the bilge, the uh, the blog portion mm-hmm. of our website. It's a classically trained chef that actually went and worked a 24 hour shift mm-hmm. at a Waffle House. Which and, I feel like I've definitely eaten food from there. That was the twenty third hour of somebody's shift. Well, the 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 insane thing is like the reason he does like this twenty four hour gig at Waffle House is he really like he talks about how it is a cultural phenomenon. Yeah. It, it's 
a place in and of its own. And he talks about consistency. He says, right. I don't care if you pull off an exit ramp in South Carolina or West Virginia or wherever. When you pull into the Waffle House, you get what you get right. no matter where you are. And he said what really enamored him was how they take the order and then the lady will walk over and she'll she doesn't give them the ticket. She calls it out. Right. And they in a t- lingo. In a lingo. Yeah. And he actually goes into great detail and talks about how there's different like when they're calling it out, they put things on the plate that signify what the order is. Right. And it even gets into the minutia of like even they'll take like a the little jelly packs. Mm-hmm. And a certain flavor of jelly set a certain way means a certain thing is going to end up on that plate. Or if it's turned or it's a different flavor, it's something different. (coughs) But um, he said that because of how uniform and how it is a language in and of its own, that if you've been working as a cook at a Waffle House and for whatever reason mama got sick and you have to move, you know, 400 miles away – you could walk into the new Waffle House that in the town you just moved into and right. say, hey, I've got experience working at the Waffle House down in, uh, you know, Beaufort, South Carolina. Yeah. They're like, you're hired. Cause Good, they, ready to go. Yeah, you're ready yeah. to go. Because it be doesn't trained. change. Yeah, there's language. no training. Mm-hmm. It's just, boom, you just walk right in. So, anyway, I'll find that article and we'll yeah, leak it because it. it's, it's really cool. Yeah. It really is. Yeah, um, uh, it's because it's like American hibachi. Dude, it is. It, it kind yeah, of is. Yeah, yeah, you can see it. It's an experience. And, yeah, uh, it's cool. <laughs> pro tip, if you go and you get the, the, the bacon cheeseburger deluxe, add a fried egg to it, mm-hmm. it'll set you free. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm down. Yeah, it's really when good. When I go to Triathlon House for the first time in Melbourne, <laughs> we're going to do it. <laughs> Your your communication in that text was <laughs> led, led me to, led me to believe that you'd never been mm-hmm. and for maybe that, he's a, I, maybe for, he's a huddle house guy and, and Ben for, sincerely from my heart yes I apologize for for thinking the worst of you that's okay. that you I, I'll accept there. the apology but oh, oh, so maybe he's oh, an IHOP but, guy yeah maybe he's no, an I'll IHOP say, guy but under no God no. <laughs> but understandably that was justifiable to think the worst Larry. I I would have done the same. All right, so you're no apology needed. <laughs> okay, so we're Back we're in Atlanta. Atlanta. We're in Atlanta, and um, well, we're talking about Atlanta. You have to talk about Waffle House. Well, there's plenty yeah, of Waffle yeah. Houses oh, yeah. in Atlanta, right? So, yeah. um, Ben, what was uh, the highlight of the Atlanta fly fishing show for you? Uh, highlights are hard because it was overwhelmingly underwhelming okay uh, so that that was my my question to you guys as i i wasn't there um size wise well i'll have to say it like yeah. this just like when ben goes to the new waffle house mm-hmm. in melbourne when i went to the fly fishing show in atlanta it was my first time mm-hmm mm-hmm I've never been to and it when I say when we call it the fly fishing show, that's what it's called, the fly fishing mm-hmm. show. It's this circuit of fly fishing shows that's been going on for decades. Um yeah. put on by the Ferminskis. Um it's a family that that came up with the concept. Uh basically it's um 
a consumer show, meaning, you know, you can go in, you have to pay admission. Right. If you're not sharp enough to wiggle your way in. And once you're in, then it's just like, you know, it's fly fishing vendors of all manners, shapes and sizes. And and you can buy everything's for sale. Yeah. Everything's for sale. And I think that the nexus for it, and, and this is 100% my opinion. Um, I think that there's a lot of areas, a majority of areas uh, in the Northeast, uh, which is where a lot of the shows happen, mm-hmm. uh, and even Denver for that matter. I think the Denver show is the first one of the season, then they go up and they do like one in New Jersey, and that one's Pennsylvania. Like the big one. Yeah. But the reason for it, I believe, where they saw the opportunity, um, this is my perception. Nobody gets to fish up there because of the weather mm-hmm. and because oh. there's like seasons. Right. Like, you know, like, you know, you always hear people talk about, oh man, opening day is coming up, you know? And I'm like, right. what do you mean opening day? Yeah. Like, I get it. You know, if you, if you can only keep fish during a certain part of the year, are you telling me you can't go trout fishing? Yeah. Like, you know, and catch and release fish. Yeah. yeah. Like, so it's a wintertime gig, mm-hmm. right? So it's what the, the trout weenies do. To, to, to shake in. off the yeah. the shack nasties, yeah. you know they're like the shack nasties. The shack nasties, man. They've been <laughs> they've been sitting looking through that giant magnifying glass, mm-hmm. tying little number twenty four midge patterns mm-hmm. for like months on end, and like this is like the field trip mm-hmm. of all field trips mm-hmm. during the winter time. They get to go, and and I get it, you know, it's fun to go to a fly fishing show because yeah. you get to see all your bros, you mm-hmm. get to get hang out, you you might get. To Buy something new, see right. the newest stuff, whatever. So, I'm with you though. Yeah, it was it was a little bit underwhelming. It, um, when I walked in, I was like, "Wow, this is it!" Like, yeah, am I, I missing part of it? Like, is is you know, it kind of seemed like a small space. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, even with that being said, there was still quite a bit of stuff there. there was quite a bit of stuff, and honestly, like catching up with buddies and people you knew that's the only reason mm-hmm. i went yeah you know, it's like it was fun i knew like sam bailey would be there yep. i knew that todd from toby boats would be there yeah you know, i knew that boone would be there from hardy you know i mean i just it was like it was going to be you know fun to go see everybody mm-hmm. yeah um but uh shack nasty was going to be there shack nasty number right. 32 <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But it was, I think it was fun. I I mean, like, if Mark said, hey, you want to go next year, I'd probably go with him. Oh, I'd him. go again. Yeah. I, I, I would probably have a conversation about what time we're leaving. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, provided the logistics worked out, mm-hmm. I, I would probably go. I think he tried to blame that on a school program for Emma. But yeah. I've thought about it. I think Mark needed a nap. Maybe, yeah, quick nap. <laughs> a little yeah. mid-afternoon. He's like, I'd... Got to drive I'm, for a few Emma, hours. you got a program at school. Right. No, uh, so I hate to. Is it? I've been to one gun show ever. Okay, and it was. I've never been to one. Unbelievably under. It was like a. It was like okay. a flea market. Uh huh. You know what I mean? Like yeah. moving flea market. It was terrible. Okay, uh, it's, it's the, not like the guy selling guns at the flea market down here. It is like like Melbourne Civic Center has a gun show. Yeah, where there's yeah. like Table set up. I'd say it's kind of close to that. Okay, all yeah, right. This I'm, one, I'm feeling it. Um. Not like an iCast well, grandiose. Well, it's type. It, it attempts to yeah. uh, have the flavor a of, little bit more polished, of, uh, small scale. Yeah. yeah, 
you know, there there's a couple of casting pawns. Um, so oh, yeah, so the heroes that, yeah. can make their appearance. Yeah. Even though the sign says no hero cast. No. The, there's um, a lot of people that broke that rule. There's, um, you know, a lot of manufacturers that are there. Uh, and then, like, if you took a compass and scored a circle around Atlanta mm-hmm. and say, like, 150-mile yeah. range, if you owned a fly shop, you packed up your wares and you brought and you set up okay. a booth and you had yeah. your stuff yeah, yeah. and you had show specials and, and you're, yeah. you're like trying to pump out, you know, and yeah. increase your sales. Cause you're going to have this big crowd, a bunch man. of zombies that have been mm-hmm. tying flies for the last month, you mm-hmm. know, and they're like looking, you know, they've been reading all the magazines and they know what the, the, they know everything that's, you know, the newest, the coolest, and they're going to get to touch it. And if you maybe have a show special, they're like, fuck, I got to do it, mm-hmm. you know. The, if I wait, if I wait until Monday, it's going to be full price. Right. <laughs> My buddy Patrick at Do South Outfitters. So they they were there. They had a booth there, didn't they? They killed it. They absolutely killed it. Yeah. Um, to the point, Boone was bragging about how much they killed it. Oh, that's they, right. Yeah. People were coming over and demoing Hardy's rods. Like, oh, I got to get one of these. He's like, Yeah, you can go right across the aisle. They sold 15 to 20 hardy rods. Oh, wow. And about 10 or 12 reels. Awesome. Dang. And that's just the reels. And he said not counting the guided trips that his guides like booked out of it. Booked out. He, he said they killed it. It was awesome. And that's um, good to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think like guys like that were, and I, cause I never thought about like, I knew of course that, you know, they could obviously let someone go cast a rod. Well, well, you know, I mean the fish hawk. Yeah, you know that's mm-hmm. it's Atlanta. Yeah, you know Atlanta is the fish hawk, and we even FaceTimed a transaction mm-hmm. for the fish hawk. You know, and phone in order. VIP that's right. Yeah. Fish hawk. VIP. Uh, you know, you, you're like um, Carl's personal shopper. Uh, like I like a, to think of him. I, I'm the the concierge of Carl. Right. It's like when people send people like exotic car auctions. Yeah. Yeah, and they just that buy whatever. Me. Right, yeah. right. Yep. Um, I do Same. apologize. I did forget the white gloves. Um, <laughs> sorry, man. We uh, next time. Yeah, Mark and I um, left Speaking the show white gloves. with uh, each of us, uh, independent of the other. Mm-hmm. We 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 kind of when we when we first got to the show. Let's back up a little bit. When we first got to the show, there was like a little bit of a little bit of excitement. We got up in the morning, you know, got ready and. Paul Puckett was down in the lobby. We saw, um, or I, I saw uh, Bob Clouser, and I'm like, man, I'm seeing celebrities. You mm-hmm. know, fuck, I'm getting mm-hmm. amped yeah. up. This is going to be the shit. And uh, we get our little entourage together, and we walk over to the convention center. Uh, what's What was the name of that convention center? It was like something weird. It's kind of a weird name for it. Anyway. We walk so around named after, with like power. Yeah. It's like named after like sponsors. electric power. Yeah. yeah. Like. So as we walk in there, I start realizing you saw I, everybody. I'm, I'm supposed to pay to go into this thing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, uh-uh. no, no, I can't do that. There's no way I'm just pay- saying I'm not paying to come in here. I just saw Bob Clouser <laughs> a little bit ago. Yeah. So I got on the horn and called somebody that I knew was probably already inside that mm-hmm. was working a booth. 
And when they answered, I said, hey, what's going on? He's like, what are you up to? I was like, I'm standing in the fucking lobby out front. You're here? I'm like, yeah. I was like, grab a badge from somebody. <laughs> Come out here and get me. <laughs> so that's how I went in. Um, so we got we kind of got separated because I went the illegal me- method. Mm-hmm. And, and Also faster than paying and trying to get it. Oh, yeah. I can imagine. Significantly. Yeah. So, so um at some point we all linked back up and we had like this little like loose entourage like moving through the show mm-hmm. and then like I got distracted and was talking to somebody and they didn't want to wait on me to finish bullshitting you know some fucking 10 year old story with somebody and I like turn around I'm like I'm by myself where'd they go and it was while it was underwhelming, mm-hmm. yeah. it was still big enough that I was like you could lose somebody I, I wandered around yeah. for a bit and then we like fucking linked up. So that like that was like a cycle that would happen, yeah. and and you'd be like, oh, "Fuck, I need another beer." All right, which booth has beer? And I'd wander off to get a beer, mm-hmm. and I'd come back. So we ended up bumping all back into each other at the Fish Hawk, and Gary Merriman that uh, owns the Fish Hawk, he was there, and we're we're talking to Gary and Mark and and his wife and his daughter are are looking at at stuff and. Um, they had some Yetis that were on sale, mm-hmm. some cups, and she wanted a particular cup, and they had the right color, and they were doing that. Well, the Seigler fly reel mm-hmm. booth was right next to them. So I went over, and I'm, like, talking to them, and said, you know, I've seen your reels. We actually were talking about your y'all's reels on our, on our podcast yeah. with the Box Challenge, and I know Andy Bowen, who owns Kahuta, and – I said, you know, we just heard that Andy actually completed the challenge and, you know, that's really cool. And we were talking about it on the, you know, the, the, the box challenge on Mm -hmm. the, and the guy was like, oh my gosh, we, yeah, we said something about it on our Instagram and you guys commented that you all Mm -hmm. are on the podcast. Yeah. I said, you guys just came out with the, uh, six, seven, eight size Mm -hmm. reel. I want to see one of them and run me through it to explain how the lever drag Mm -hmm. works and all that and by the time he was done explaining it to me i was about to say well i'm gonna get one Mm -hmm. and as i'm about to say i'm gonna get one gary merriman comes walking over and he's like i need one of the the new small reels and there's mark standing with him and i looked and i said what are you doing he's like i'm getting one of these reels i was like no shit i am too i was like get two while you're back there (laughs) and gary's just like this is the best day. This ever. is the best, <laughs> best, best day ever. <laughs> so Mark and I both got new reels. Yeah. Um and the box I mean, challenge for that size reel is pretty attainable. Yeah. It's a redfish. Ooh, tough. Tough. <laughs> right. I'll be Rally honest with you. I'll be honest with you. I, I'm I've been working a skunk pretty hard for the last few trips mm-hmm. out. So that redfish Same. is gonna be mm-hmm. kind of tough to get off mm-hmm. the list. Um uh, for some reason, I'm not getting those double digit 75 fish days like I've been seeing on Instagram. I, but, I don't know what happened last year. I was on fire with 75 every trip. Yeah. <laughs> so, so redfish, bonefish, sheep's head. Yep. Which a little harder. A little harder for here. Yeah. If you're in Texas or Louisiana, apparently they eat flies pretty readily. Yeah. And then the one that's the wild card um, in my opinion. In my opinion, out of the four, the the twenty five percent, like the toughest one, is a trigger fish. Yeah, um, uh, I happen. Well, I happen to. I've caught trigger fish on fly before. 
uh, down in the Bahamas. I was going to say it's got to be somewhere funny. Yeah. So I mean, it's a t- is it attainable? Absolutely, yeah. at a price. Right. Um, but you know what? I haven't been to the particular island where I know. I, I I mean, I know the flat that I could walk to, and instead of fishing for bonefish, I know like three areas on that flat where on the right tide I should be able to see a trigger and probably feed it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so what is it for? Yeah. So, so here's the cool thing. So if you catch all four species that are on the box and you take a picture of the fish with your reel, you know, in your face, you know, showing that you caught these, they'll give you another reel. You're going to have to, you're going to have to catch us. So, so I could, I could, (laughs) I could probably buy a second reel. And come out way more ahead yeah. financially than than, <laughs> right. than going after the challenge. But you know what? I actually dig the idea. It's a fucking brilliant, I think it's fun. brilliant yeah, idea. Cool. Well, and the other cool thing on the inside of the reel. For, so Andy having the first one, they engraved all four species on the yes. inside as like the tell to like this. This reel has oh, it. this is a one. Yeah, yeah after he yeah. completed it. Yeah. They were like, give us that reel, and they actually they laser engraved yeah. all four of those on the inside of the spool and gave it back to them. Yeah, okay. it's yeah, that's badass. Yeah. yeah. Like, it, it goes back to that, the earned, not bought yeah. mantra, and that was that case. Okay, so is there, like, a particular color, like, that the one that you win, your second one? No. No. That'd no. Be cool. Just no. Like, there's, like, yeah. one, like, you can only get a gold one. And then the other cool thing, <laughs> you know and, what I mean? and Mark and I didn't know this at the time, when we bought our, our reels, they had only produced 50. 50. So we have one of the first 50. Each of us have mm-hmm. one of the first 50, and they're all serialized. So, oh, very so, cool. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we're uh, first out. And now they've had their really big one yeah they've well they've got two bigger ones they've got one that's like uh 9 10 11 and then one that's like 12 and up like for like you know like to put it in perspective trevally and shit like that is a tuna yeah 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 Yeah. crazy Mm. um and then like the one that's already been out was like permit um and some other stuff that's the the one that's like more like like for a 10 weight yeah yeah I don't want to say it was like permit tarpon, something well, like so that. Or I, I, I don't think know. the big, big one is tuna, tarpon, sailfish, and GT. Yeah, and I know it's permit, and I can't remember what the other ones are. Yeah, I don't either. Um, but anyway, new reel. I haven't bought a new, mm-hmm. you know, as I would put it, because where I'm from, a new fancy reel in mm-hmm. a long time. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I really dig what they did. It's it's a really cool drag system that they came up with. And the fucking things look bulletproof. They're sexy. The color of them. The aluminum. I don't know whether they anodized it. Yeah, or they do. It, it looks like titanium. It's you know, It's kind of that gray titanium color. And then um, everything on it is contrasting either red or blue anodized. <laughs> uh, they're just sexy as fuck. Yeah. So. Anyway, I blew I blew some cash. Um, felt good about supporting. So, sorry, honey. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Surprise. I, I hope you enjoyed that uh, Valentine's Valentine's gift. gift. <laughs> um, it's got red on it. Yeah. So um, so then uh, probably the other highlight, uh, other than you know bringing home a, a new treasure, a new heirloom to pass along, mm-hmm. um, was seeing the folks uh, at Toei. Uh, yeah, seeing Todd. Seeing Sam, 
Um, Toei is uh, sponsoring yet again. I can't remember what iteration of the tournament it is. It's later this spring, I believe in late April, early May. Um, the Hardly Strictly Musky tournament up in McMinnville, Tennessee. And uh, Todd's like, oh, you guys got to come up for it. I don't know that I've got the room in my schedule to do it. And I kind of told him that. Um, and he was like, well, then you guys being everybody sitting at this table, you guys just need to come up and hang out with me one weekend and let's go musky fishing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we we've talked about it on a previous podcast of, you know, getting out and like seeking adventure and Mm, doing stuff. And and I think 2020 is the year to do that. We need to really look at putting together a trip and going up and just hang. I mean, because it would be twofold pretty cool. Number one, we get to go hang out with Todd, who's super fucking cool dude. Yeah. He builds boats, which I know you guys will go check out, you know, his whole operation. And then we'd get to go musky fishing. So um, let's like put some serious study in doing that. And uh, that'd be a completely new one for, I've never messed with any of that before. Yeah. Yeah, Me either. At all. It'd be cool. I mean, I, the, the, I, I've been lucky, fortunate, you know, I'm lucky motherfucker. I'm not skilled. I'm lucky. Um, I, I have caught a musky and it was in a lake versus the river. They fish for musky and river. Yeah. Um, so it's a little bit different game, but, uh, I'd love to go do it. And, uh, Literally, we could uh, maybe even plan a trip around, like, you know, go up there, hit, do that, and then from there go up to East Tennessee, stay, yeah. at, stay at the old homestead for a oh, couple of yeah. days, kind of do like a loop back through. And then the third thing that I have on my list was we finally got to meet Mauser, uh, yeah. Fly Rods, the owner of Mauser, the, the founder of the company. And... Super you know, awesome guy. Super awesome guy. And and he's really got his head on straight when it comes to how he's building his business, what his philosophy is behind his business. And it was really cool just to spend some time talking to him about what he's doing mm-hmm. and, and, and kind of his mission behind why he's building fly rods. So, Ben, you, uh, you wrapped up early Sunday. Yeah, I got... You, like, got up like a little church mouse and snuck out and were gone. I think I was on the road by six. Yeah. Um, Where did you head off to? I went up to Boone, North Carolina. My family's been going up there for 20 years, first week of February. Um, we've got a little timeshare up there. Um, little cabin tucked away in the... Not really in the woods. It's off the Blue Ridge Parkway. Uh-huh. Um, up in Boone. So we've been going up there forever, and... You know, the last three years getting into fly fishing, the uh, the trout. I don't count the stalkers in the pond as those are frankenfish. The uh, they don't count, but I've been trout skunked pretty bad up there. Right. So I kind of made plans like started months out. I've got one buddy up there who actually works at the timeshare place, and he's a you know an independent contractor. He's like, yeah, I can take days off. We'll just play it by ear. So I met up with him. We we kind of started making game plans and we'll figure out the best day so i got up sunday and i rolled into town about 10 and started like I first thing i did unload the car got the rods ready everything ready to go 
And then my buddy Brandon Peterson came up. And he's like, "Hey, I'm at the I'm at the office. Come swing by." So we started talking. He's like, "Tomorrow's about the only good weather day." What you think? And I was like, D- "You tell me." Like I told them, "Don't plan on seeing me this vacation. I'm gonna at the drop of a hat. I'm gonna take off and go do stuff. I'll hang out with y'all, but this comes first. Right. So he's like, "Cool. I'm gonna go down the mountain, watch the Super Bowl. Meet me here at eight. We'll get in my truck and we'll go." So eight in the morning, Monday. Loaded up and brought the three weight, which is, you know, it's fun to throw it because it's, it's so noodly because it's a glass rod, but it's, it's fun. And we loaded up the three weight and the, uh, they've had a lot of issues with some of their local areas. People are starting to guide off of them a little bit uh-huh. and it's all rock hopping stuff. It's not like a drift boat can get through it. And some actually bigger magazines have, just written little side articles about like, hey, this uh, this little creek here is awesome, and fucking hot spot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Brandon's like, look, man, here's the deal: we're keeping local places local. Didn't quite blindfold me and beat me with the shoe, but pretty dang close. Um, went there when we rigged the rods. It was, hey, make sure you rig on the other side of the truck so people don't see what we're doing. Gonna, oh wow! Yeah, I was. It caught me off guard. I thought he was doing it to like, hey, you're stepping on the side of the road by the cars, man. Get on the safe side. He's like, no, no, no I don't want people to see you. Uh, <laughs> uh, Safety be damned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, jumped a cow fence. Uh-huh. Started walking to the creek. He said, "Yeah, there's certain times of the year when the cows are here. This is completely unfishable. They will run you off before you can get to the like the safety of their side of the fence." Uh. And just started crawling our way up. It wasn't quite waterfalls. Um, just like little plunge pools and plunge stuff. Plunge pools, little incline near a hiking trail. And he says, okay, we're going to we're going for the brook trout. He goes, I know that stumped you hard last year. So first pull, nothing. He's like, okay, you should have gotten a need. I don't know what's up. Next pull. Got one. Pretty good size, about seven inches for up there. Uh-huh. Stoked. As I was picking it off, he had a barbless hook on it. Didn't realize it when I was scooping him out of the water. He wriggled off. So I was like, then, you know, my first thought is like, I fished four days and fished my ass off last year. And didn't like, I lost one doing this. And it's not that I like want to do it for the gram, but I want a picture of this thing. <laughs> and I was like, right. If that's the only one I catch this trip, but I just like, I was so mad. Uh, he's like, okay, let's hit the next pool. It 30 second climb over a rock. He's like, and the, the fun thing about it, uh, everything's like, Hey man, they can see you from a mile away. Right. You need to think about how you want to crawl over this rock to get behind this one and hide behind this rock. So that was a really fun element for me and tucked behind a rock through it. Like a four-inch brook, smacked the dry fly. Got him. Uh, got a little photo of him. It was awesome. So I'm on fire. Like I'm like, I could go home right now. I don't right. want to, but like yeah. I can go home. Mission like, accomplished. Heck freaking yeah. So we fished this whole creek for about another hour, and I wound up pulling five brook trout. And most, uh, the other ones from there on out were about four to five inches hitting midges and hitting dries we're walking a section of the parkway and 
you know, he had said, you know, they can see you from a mile away. We're like 50 feet above the creek. And no joke, I watched two trout all of a sudden spook out of this pool behind her. I was like, did they just see us? He's like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh-huh. Uh, it was awesome. And so then he said, you know, so we got the brooks. He's like, those are the hard ones. I was like, really? He's like, yeah. He says, it's only 10 o'clock. We can go for the high country hat trick. So what are you talking about? He says, all three species. He's like, and there's two ways to do it. You can get them stalkers or you can get them wild. He's like, we can get them wild. I was like, well, shoot, let's go for it. So we stopped through a little local place up there called the Comeback. It's not exclusive to Boone. It's There's a little bit of a franchise. I've seen them in Charleston. Uh, the Comeback Shack. Got some burgers. The Comeback Shack. Dude, it's you, so you, you, They're going to come back? Yeah. And, <laughs> come back, Shack. I went four times, so come back I did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> patty melt six bucks. It's freaking delicious. Roll out of town um, and pull off another, like, pull off to his rainbow spot, and it was dead. He's like, what's happened to my rainbow creek? He's like, somebody's been guiding here. And spooked him couldn't couldn't get i, I fed one and he, i i missed the hook set uh-huh and he's like that that's my only wild rainbows creek this time of the year i was like shit i was like whatever man I, I, this is awesome we're doing good he's like let's go let's go for the browns so i gotta think about how to phrase this i don't want to give it away so there's a trail most people go just for the touristy side of the waterfall Right. It pretty quickly goes from like there's a swimming hole. Everyone stops there. You got to work to get above it. To get above it. That's where the magic happens. So it's about a half mile hike to the swimming hole and then another half mile past it to start getting into fish. So we're crawling, but they had such high floods about a month before that huge boulders had rolled down logs had come in the way he's he said this is not the same river i've ever fished this one's new so we were like figuring things out he said there's he said, this hole's got a brown in it he's like it always does and we crest over the rock and he's like there's like logs falling he goes man you need to get one there but i don't think you, if you hook him he's like he's gonna go here and you're screwed so He's like, I don't know if we should skip. I was like, no, we're not skipping. So plop that thing in there, start kind of high drift nymphing and Tinkara. Pretty dr- pretty high close drift to Tinkara. Nymphin, we'll you know, not days. not preferred mm-hmm. trout mm-hmm. nomenclature, but that's what we're going mm-hmm. with. Um I believe they like call it, it high sticking. Um <laughs> comes up and nails it. And Sure as shit, man. I think Paul Puckett did uh, the high stick. I think drifter. he did. I think he did. <laughs> um, Clint Eastwood. Yes, that is where I'm getting that from. So makes a beeline under the log. I have to step on the log, which is precariously like wedged between a rock that's really not good and the solid rock we're on. So is a rock in a hard place. Rock mm-hmm. in a hard place and a wet place. So <laughs> I like get him out, kind of wear him out. He's like. We got to get him. It's like a four foot drop to like jump on this. It's like wet, slimy. So I like creep over and I'm like squatting and I can feel the thing like shimmying under me. I was like, it's worth it. Just trying to fall in. So we get it, get the photo. I'm like pumped. Let him go. 
creep back on the rock, and then it's a 10-foot climb over the next boulder to get to the next pools. He's like, it just gets better the further up you go. So we're going, and pool after pool after pool, we're not getting anything. And he's like, this is a tough day. First, it's 60 degrees. It should have been on. Like, we were watching hatches come off the water. And we're crawling, we're climbing, and he's like, this is tough. We get almost to the last pool, and he's like, this is the big one. There's always 10 or 15 fish in here. We usually pull two or three out, and cast after cast. We're watching them come up and smack the surface, and not one of them's going after my fly. So we kind of figure out they're going after mergers, not like fully hatched dry. So we start just messing. We don't have any, so we're just messing with throwing different nymphs on there and midges and finally get one to eat a zebra midge and pretty good size brown almost nine ten inches uh-huh. red adipose fin all lit up it was beautiful and he says you know and there's one waterfall you can he said it's about another half mile up he's like but the elevation gets high enough because there is wild rainbows in that one he's like it's the last one we need he's like it's probably the last spot we're gonna get it's like 230 i was like yeah, let's go do it. So we get to it, and we got to climb 15 feet up the waterfall to get to the pool. Get up it, and there's like a just mangled, nasty like rhododendron tree that's just like falling in it. There's, you can't cast anywhere in it. He's like, he's like, I mean, try to hit the edges, but it's too shallow. And you know, spent 10, 15 minutes trying to get flies there. Nothing would come up and eat them. We couldn't, couldn't feed them. They were tucked back in the back, and you just couldn't cast to it. So we start making our way down, hiking you know, an hour and a half back out. Uh-huh. It's about four o'clock. He says, we're going to go back to that one spot and see if we can't figure it out. You get to one, like this little, like, there's like driveways set all the way up. And you're like, it's public water, but they're real, real jerks about it. Like to the point you'll see people like, weld rebar under their bridges with things so you can't wade under there right because that's our creek right so and they like see you fish and they'll come down and run you off so he's like all right he's like there's one more rainbow spot but he's like i'll be honest how do you feel about poaching i was like define poaching he's like it's not like illegal it's public water but I've had a lot of old ladies with shotguns come out and run me out of here. I was like, yeah, man, let's do it. I'm down. <laughs> so we're one away. So we get to the first spot. Right as I throw my line this in the water, this old man rolls up. He's like, what y'all doing? We're like, we're uh, trying to get a rainbow. He's like, all right, y'all have fun. And he leaves and nothing hits there because he drove over the driveway. Right. Next pool little like three inch rainbow comes and smacks the dry fly it's almost bigger than it is like it's it's as big as head uh smacks it i'm pumped i've landed it it's in my hand high country hat trick and then he's like man it's cool but i know there's a bigger one let's keep going so we're creek hopping up here and there's this house like no joke probably a 600 feet away or more Mm -hmm. and the <laughs> there's these three dogs outside and they like look up at us but they're just hanging on the porch so i'm like not thinking about it we're just like we move up about 10 more feet and i'm casting and all of a sudden much closer than 600 feet i hear this like 
ungodly bark. Look <laughs> over. The German Shepherd is in full run, sixty feet away from the bank, and I'm like, "Shit!" I take off. About six steps out, I'm like, oh, "I left Brandon. This is kind of a dick move. This guy's we got." I turn around, and he's just sitting there looking at it. I'm like, the first thought is like, "Oh, this guy froze. I gotta save him." <laughs> the creek is a foot deep. Thing just stopped. He's like, I knew it wouldn't cross the creek. He's like, and he looks at me and goes, I haven't seen anyone run that fast since Nom. <laughs> like, <laughs> dude's my age. Um, but we booked it, get to this deep pool, and we can see one fish rising and hitting at the very trickle where it's like, it's about a six foot deep pool under this bridge. Real tiny angle. You got to like weird sidearm double haul cast to like lay it in there and like. You only get so many shots per those pull. I used all of them. I got about 10 shots. He ate it twice. Didn't feel the hook. I don't know how. Hit it. And then finally I was like, I, was like, I don't think he's got any more. I was like, I'm going to go till it like dies out though. Next shot came up and smacked it. It was a pretty good rainbow. It was about eight or nine inches fat. Fought awesome. Like, It's kind of neat. The, uh, the browns have like the better eats. The rainbows fight better, and the brooks are just hard to get, is how he told me. So we, we wheeled back into town, had caught nine fish, and my buddy Brandon just guided me all day. Um, caught nine fish. I was over the moon, and he uh, he's like, man, that was a terrible day. I was like, what do you mean it was a terrible day? He's like, it was slow. That should have been a 30-fish day. I was like, what are you talking about? Like, 30 like, fish. He must be fishing the lagoon. That's right. Yeah, he's a guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> carpet bagger he comes down from boone i'm just kidding uh brandon's a great guy and so then at the atlanta flash show i caught up with patrick and he's like yeah let's try to figure something out swing by the shop like tuesday so i swung in there tuesday afternoon he was getting things together and he's like man did you bring waiters and boots i was like no man we just don't get much use for them i haven't bought any yet he's like he's like I-, I can't make any promises they're from last guiding season but here's a pair just use them all week and bring them back before you leave so justin uh-huh. Hit me up. He's like, hey, man, you want to go fish while you're up here? I was like, heck yeah. So Wednesday, we met halfway between Asheville and Boone. And he's like, yeah, we're going to go fish this area. It's going to be awesome. I'll bring sandwiches. I'll bring beers. So we met up. He and I fished in Linville. Um, started, yeah, it was pretty cold and rainy all day. Started wading in the river, and it. Uh, the waders did have holes in them. <laughs> uh, there was, was one in the left foot, not that bad. There was one when you got waist deep, right at the crotch, and that one was that one woke you up a little worse. But the, yeah, a little worse. Um, but 15 minutes in, I landed another brown uh, on a zebra mi- nymph. Uh, that was not a zebra. That was stupid pheasant nymph. Uh, that was awesome. And then he started throwing streamers, and he caught. He was like, "Yeah, these holes are good. There's big ones in here," and he kept missing them. He gets very animated when he misses a fish. It's kind of I kind of hope when he's here for the dinghy derby, it's like you get to see it. It's pretty exciting. Um, I've never seen someone blow up so fantastically. <laughs> um, <laughs> he said, he goes, man, I got to be careful because I'll start swearing. He goes, you can't hear families hiking up on you on the river. All of a sudden, mom's looking at you like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you said that in public. <laughs> I, but he, I, I uh, thought fly fishing was the, the peaceful <laughs> sport. Peaceful. This guy's like murdering some. Um <laughs> Murdering his soul. 
but the uh, caught a he caught a really nice brown on the for the first time on a fly he's ever tied. Yeah. So that was absolutely awesome. He was stoked, and we fished till about two, and never caught another single fish all day. Like I think it was you know by nine in the morning we both had fish and right, but just had a good time. He just grounded out for the rest of the day. Yeah, mm-hmm. having a good time eating some sandwiches by the road, and then it then it just kind of rained all week and. Return the waves, but we were going to try to do a float trip, but it rained real heavy, so that got canceled. So next time, um, yeah, it's been a it's been a wet year up there. Yeah, and lot, that's what they said. They said, you know, you kind of came between waves. You're here at a good time. He's like, it's either been too high, too dirty, too this, too that. Uh, so it was good. Did a little snowboarding. Went one day, uh, Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, what which uh, which hill did you ski? App Appalachian. Okay. It's right. It's five minutes from my cabin. So it was okay. like. And they were doing it, it was ten bucks, and I was kind of like, I kind of expected it to be slushier than it was. So uh-huh. I was like, I'll pay ten bucks, and if it sucks, I'm not going to cry. That you know, versus you know, Sugar Beach or forty five minutes to an hour away. Right. Uh, snow was absolutely perfect, so we made made a couple runs. Um, my brother was trying to teach his girlfriend how to snowboard, so he was on the bunny hill most of the time, and then when she took a break, and he and I went up and cracked open i had one uh coffee pbr i'd been saving in my pocket <laughs> and he and i whenever as, we got as we, one does well so this tradition started when we would go out west your your lift lines are just longer you might you might be riding a lift for 30 minutes hopping two lifts to get to the top right so you crack a beer you just fill your backpack with beers you crack a beer you just pass it back and forth share it you're not like falling over drunk but you have a beer you go down the hill and get on the next one and crack another one um, the lifts are like all of five minutes going up this hill. And I was like, I pulled out my pocket card. I was like, Hey, you want, he's like, Oh, I've wanted to try one of these. He's like, these are pretty damn good. So we pass that off, get rid of that real quick, put it back in my pocket and just made a couple runs and had some fun. Went through the train park and they had a apps really big known for their train park. So they've got, they, for a long time, you just get in any of them. Then you had to start like taking like a five minute like safety class at the beginning. Like you got to do it once a season um, to get into like the bigger ones. But they've got like small ones off to the side. And so we went through there, hit a couple rails a piece, and we're like, okay, cool, we're good. And came down and had a good night and passed out and went from there. Now the fishing stories are phenomenal, mm-hmm. but the highlight of your Boone trip that I want to hear about. Your whip came home with some uh, extra swagger. It swagged to the max. Um, <clears throat> there is a great store up there. It's been there for at least the last three years. Up there called Regear, where everyone it's like it's like a not crappy Goodwill. It's all it is is like high end sporting equipment. People come in and some stuffs like the snowboards are kind of close to like half price retail. Uh, and then every once in a while you find something in there. There's a box of parts, there's a roof racks, parts, dollar each. So start looking around, can't figure it out. And then there's a set tucked under a shelf of roof racks with a canoe cradle for 20 bucks. I was like, this is mislabeled. And the guy's like, yeah, man, they're just 20 bucks. They're old. I was like, they don't look that old. So I'm like, I don't know if they'll fit. I was with my sister in their car. And so I was like, I got to go back up the hill. So... They drove back to town, came back. We, like, go outside. We're, like, sizing them up. So my car's got a weird, like, system where it, like, 
there's a like a lug welded to the roof in the uh-huh. channel. Yeah. And you screw into it. Well, this had like a, a gutter system where it's like trying to clamp and it doesn't really work with my door. So I'm like figuring out, I'm like, okay, if I take these pieces out and drill through this metal foot, theoretically this should work. So I was like, 20 bucks, I'll take the risk. Randalos, six bucks worth of hardware later. Uh, new roof racks. Mm-hmm. Who did? Uh, I can say one thing. They whistled Dixie at 70 miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> that canoe cradle is loud. It's like the other day, I was like, just driving to work. I was like, this is going to be a long hour and a half. Um, but you kind of can't hear it once you get used to it. So those are awesome. Uh, Mark's not here. Uh, I was going to buy his rod rack tonight and slap that on there. Should and then. like a. One tow hitch later, it's the ultimate fishing mobile. Right. It's um, the rod tube will only be like a foot or two short the, of the yeah. Like the whole car. Of the yeah. whole car. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually pretty funny. I was like I, I was like, is there enough clearance between the end of the rod rack and where the trunk opens? I think there is. Um but the the rod racks, they're only like that far apart instead of like that far. So like that front tube section is gonna be kinda like free like ball up there. Yeah, yeah. potentially. Uh, I'm excited. I, I don't care if we break something. Uh, <laughs> as long as it's not my rod. Um, so, yeah. Rod Rack's got some swagger. Um, I also bought, like, truck bed, you know, like, bars that you can, like, expand for your truck bed to, like, uh-huh. partition well, it off. Load, yeah. Because um, Carl and I were talking about that. Like, you know, when you core the side of a boat, you need something to, like, put pressure. And, like, we've come up with, like, crazy ways. Like, what if we had, like, ten of these? Well, they have one of those for ten bucks too, and it's like already got like holes to like drill up like a plywood foot on each end, so you can like get a little more surface area in it. I like expanded it, and it worked. The guy's like, "Oh shit, that one actually works." So some new shop toys came out of it. Uh, so for thirty bucks, Ben was like pretty happy with his regear finds. Very nice. Re-gear. Yeah, regear. Yep. Speaking of gears, um, I actually just last night. Uh, Went out to New Smyrna Speedway. Mm-hmm. It was the uh, World Series of Asphalt. Um, so Speed Week at Daytona is this week. Is this week? And I guess is, is upon us. Is upon us. Right. Uh, and I guess uh, technically it's Speed Weeks because as of two weeks ago they started with the uh, oh, twenty four. The, the twenty four. Yeah. And then some other like IMSA races and yeah. stuff like that. And then this week, I guess, um, some of the qualifying races. What is it? Uh, the Thursday um, Twin 125s, all that stuff, the qualifying. But uh, it's also a tradition during the February, the Daytona 500 uh, time frame. New Smyrna Speedway, which is just our little local half mile, uh, what NASCAR would call the hometown track, um, they have a full week of racing. And um, Shannon Wyatt and I went out last night, and all of the races last night were like fucking sprints. They were 35 lappers. Mm -hmm. So 17 miles, balls to the fucking wall. And it was fun, um, just incredible to go and see, like, you know, salt of the earth, like, guys that are, you know, 
spending their whole weekend fabricating, yeah. you know, modifieds and, you know, you see, you know, these, these aren't like n- none of the sponsors like you see on yeah. them, you know, or, or anything that you yeah. recognize. Now there was a couple of classes that were, you know, like you, you saw, you know, stuff that you recognize. Right. Um, one of the interesting sponsors to one of, on, on one of the cars, it was number 22 was the Boston Whaler car oh, you know what yeah 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 <laughs> that's a local He's yeah a local. yeah yeah actually the team was out of like the northeast really? yeah hmm. yeah which i thought yeah. you know kind of I, I was expecting it to be like you know some local yeah. edgewater you know the, guy, team the guys all yeah. work together it was there. like somebody out of new hampshire yeah. or something like that hmm. so but uh yeah a lot of fun um the big news out of speed week Speed Weeks mm-hmm. is uh, getting a little visit. We're getting a visit, getting Air Force One coming down. Mm-hmm. That's going to pop a Trump baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Trump train's going to be uh, running Daytona this year. I'm pretty excited about that. They're going to be. Uh, we were talking about it earlier, just to get all that put together. Yeah, I think it's, it's such a big a spectacle. Deal. Yeah, it is yeah. spectacle. Crazy, because yeah. there's they restrict the airspace. Yeah, they you know for the for Air Force One to come in, and then we have. I don't even know how many air, just even little air fields. Dude, you know, okay, it just, it just hit me. So the most badass picture that I could like, that I would like to take and I'm not going to the 500, but if you were there and you got a picture of air force one coming in, cause you know, if you're sitting in the grandstands on the North side of the track, you'd be looking towards the airport. Mm-hmm. So right. as the air force one's coming in, it would be a killer photo to have, you know, the track and everything in the foreground. Here's Air Force One coming in, nose high, approach to landing, and then kind of in the background behind it, the Goodyear blimp. Yeah. That's, oh, that would yeah. be That is like fucking America. Yeah. yeah. And there's the Goodyear blimps here for this event. Yeah. Yeah. So it was housed, housed real close to where I lived in South Florida. Yeah. Like in that Pompano big Beach. Yeah. Yeah. So they, uh, I've never seen the, like the traveling ground crew. Oh, it's awesome. You know, it's like just in storage there. They don't so, take it out. So I would tell you, if you haven't, go up to New Smyrna yeah. Airport tomorrow afternoon um, and watch them either depart to go to the track. Because they'll have some kind of race tomorrow oh, yeah. night as well. Yeah. And they probably won't do... Yeah, they'll be coming back in the evening because it'll be a day race. Yeah. Um, the best thing to do is be there when they come in to land. And it's funny because they, you know, they may they may nail it the first time, or they may take four or five passes. Um, that blimp will come in and be like, you know, five six hundred feet in the air, and it'll literally stand in. on its yeah. nose and like fly itself straight at the ground to get the ropes down. And you'll see all these guys running mm-hmm. and grab the ropes and like try to wrestle this yeah. thing. <laughs> and then they've got this giant truck with a boom Arm. on the front yeah. of it. That the the nose locks into, and once they get okay. the nose locked in, then it just sits there and pivots like a um, weather vane. Yeah. But if you've never watched them, literally, I haven't. R- oh, it's just running around. It's so yeah. fun. We went to this morning. Um, the New Smyrna uh, Garden Club had a rummage sale, so it's right by the airport. And when we drove over there, the blimp was tied out, you know, on on its rig or whatever. And as we were going around the backside of the airport, um, the Collings Foundation 
uh, has their maintenance facility mm-hmm. back there on the be the southwest corner of the airport. There's a B-17 back there right now, a B-25, a B-24. There's some really cool yeah. fucking World War II hardware back there right now. So if you've got time yeah. to go by the airport, there's some and they've really got, cool stuff there. Now I'll go home tomorrow on my way home. I yeah. believe, I mean, from what I just saw from the highway driving by, they've got like fueling capabilities. They've got big like tractor oh, trailers. Sure. This is Goodyear. All oh, yeah. Awesome. yeah. Oh, yeah. Everything matches it's, colors. And uh-huh. It's Beautiful. probably as big a to-do as like an actual race team. Oh, yeah. Oh, for oh, sure. Yeah. And looks like, kind of looks like one. The, the Goodyear blimps, car. Like, rubbing paint. And <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, rubbing's dirty. racing. Rubbing's Absolutely. Racing. I mean, you know, you, you just, b- ask, just ask old Harry Hogg. Uh, yeah. You build me a blimp, I'll win the 500. You know what I mean? Because if you ain't first, you're last. <laughs> the, uh, don't you put that on me, Carl Granger. couple of quick laps around the track and we're back um i think uh one of the things that we need to do a little housekeeping is uh we had a mail barge stop (laughs) (laughs) all the way from the west coast of these here united states oh you're talking california west california west coast kyle um sent us some beer from out there in San Diego. Um, nice. We actually have it in the fridge. It's nice and chilled down, but we are going to reserve that for when Mark's feeling better and he's back on the next one. And we'll give a, a little review of some awesome beer that was sent in. And uh, some of the stickers that we got are pretty rad. He works uh, in the dive industry. Mm-hmm. So. Sick. Uh, in addition to dive, fly fishing, dive, he does dive. some uh, spear fishing. So he sent some pretty cool spear fishing kind of stuff. Oh, I like that. Keep passing stuff around. And then some of the fish that you might encounter out there. We got some of those stickers too. A little striped bass action. Oh, yeah. The delta out there. That looks like a striped redfish. And I think that this might be that Corvina, I believe. Mm, yeah. Maybe. I could kind of see that. We got some fly stop stickers. And the, Ted's actually been to that shop. Oh, cool. When he's been out there. Rooster fish. Yeah. Rooster. Oh, yeah. I'm stealing that one. <laughs> I, I Laying claim. Aqualung. A little diving action there. Oh. Rooster fish. It's permit and rooster fish. We only need two more fish. Oh, on that's, that right. Real that's, box. Right. that's right. That's it. Yep. There's a weirdo. 
So help yourself to any stickers there. Cool. And uh, Kyle, we appreciate it, man. And we uh, are really looking forward to the cold beverages here. Mm -hmm. And uh, we'll make a commitment to you. We've uh, been a little bit slackerly in how often we're doing podcasts. But now that we've got your beer sitting in the fridge, we'll make it a point to get back behind the mics sooner rather than later and uh, enjoy those. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, a little bit more in the way of just taking care of some loose ends. I don't know if you guys know this uh, about me, but uh, I happen to really enjoy cooking on the Traeger. Mm-hmm. It's It's been said at least once or twice before. And uh, they're... I'm more of uh, the eating type. Yes, yeah. and, and uh-huh. you know what? That, I actually enjoy feeding you guys. Like, I, yeah. I get a lot of joy out of you know cooking and 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 everybody enjoying the food and having a good time. And uh, in the past, um, Traeger has been kind enough to give us some codes for mm-hmm. folks to use to uh, help make the grill of their dream a little bit more accessible. So. Uh, to that end, we're doing another round of discount codes, and yeah. the only thing that we ask is really, truly be ready to use the code. Um, we only have so many of them, and if you take a code and don't use it, that's somebody that probably was ready to pull the trigger that just didn't get the code in time, and we run out, and yeah. so... Long They're, story uh, short, the codes don't last forever. TaylorTrash.com forward slash Traeger and follow the directions cool, if cool. you want a little help with the Traeger. Um, ben, you, you mentioned uh, probably before we left for Atlanta, you actually yeah. got out with uh, Omaha. Yeah, Mr. Jameson. He, uh, Carl and I worked on what was once a tan guinea. Mm-hmm. It's now... The most custom, prettiest Ginu in all the land. Uh, Deland, specifically. Was it tan? And all of Deland. And all of Deland. It's about the color of Larry's wall. Okay. Um, Ish. Uh, Tan, faded, holes, no plywood decks. Uh, He got it from his grandfather or something. Yeah. 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 And he... He had gone through it once. Yeah. He added the decks. Yeah. and you, before the dinghy derby last year, he was working on it, and we were like, he was at the shop, and we were doing stuff, and then he ran out of time, so I was helping him do it. And uh, it's whisper gray now, it's gorgeous, but I haven't fished off of it. And he's like, "How have we not fished off this?" He was like, "I don't know, man." He's like, "Well, let's go." I forget what day we went. It was uh, a weekday. Yeah, it was a weekday, uh, like a Thursday or something. So he and I. I met him at River Breeze at uh, around noon. Uh-huh. He went out in the morning and took off and went north and then went south and saw some fish. He, uh, he put me on the front first and didn't see a whole lot for a long time. And then they were spooking real easy. You got to hide behind the rock. Mm-hmm. Well, and it was hard to find. Did y'all leave the rock on the trailer? Forgot to put the rock on the bow of the boat? Mm-hmm. Correct. Um, yeah. The uh, that's some day one shit. You exactly, I mean? rookie numbers. Yeah, yeah. Um, had one fish turn on the fly, follow it. Just didn't eat it. 
Uh, and then I felt bad because I'd been on the front of the boat for like mm, two hours or something. Um, so I finally like made Jameson let me switch with him because he's like, no, 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 you go, you go. Uh, he kind of pulled a classic Larry Luttrell and like second fish. A classic Larry Luttrell is first fish, first cast. After we switch up, you feed it. Um, but second fish, like it, boom on, uh, beautiful fish. Uh, then he pulled me around and we never really saw him again after that. But, uh, I probably got shots at like five fish. Just had a great day on the water. Got to kind of admire the, the skiff we'd built together and like, yeah, it's awesome. Hang out on it. And then we were running back and water was clear, but it was also low. So he's like, Hey, get on the nose. And, you know, kind of stay close toward the front so I can keep the back end up. I was like, cool, man. So you were acting as the human trim tag. I was, mm-hmm. I was ballast. Mm-hmm. Benny the ballast boy. Uh, <laughs> so I guess we had passed too many dolphins uh, playing about in the lagoon, and his boat decided to be one. Uh, we're cruising along. I feel it, like, start, like, bow steering a little bit, and all of a sudden, no joke, the nose of that boat just dumps underwater <laughs> 20 <laughs> gallons right over the bow i'm a foot from the back so most of it's on me it's like 50 degrees it's cold enough from like crap we're not even in slippery yet um so i'm cold we're running he had had some motor trouble uh getting it started so we're running we get going and he's like thank god we got a bilge pump we turn that thing ran for a while flushed it out the uh we're coming down slippery and running full rip and all of a sudden she just dies right in the middle of slippery i'm like crap so i'm like using this push pull to like i was like i'm just gonna keep scooting us toward there while you fiddle with it uh boss man not a boss man a uh and guy in ancona drove by like looked at us like where are you stopped in the channel season's really just hauls ass past us uh, motor, we fight it back to life, get up, get going, get to the boat ramp. And the guy's like, oh, yeah, I was wondering why you were stopped there. We're like, did it, you like, didn't wonder too, didn't wonder too much though. <laughs> no. And like <laughs> for too long, like it was not like we were on the outskirts. We were dead in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. Like he had to go around us to get like by, I was like, you knew what was up. You just didn't think you'd get caught. Um, so whoever you were, thanks dude. Um, <laughs> for nothing. Thanks, thanks for, for checking nothing, on us bro. after we made it. It's like when you like, Parents oh, see man, their kids, they get sick. hit with a frisbee like be careful <laughs> too late um but we had a great time got to fish and just hang out and uh he's actually going to come by the shop tomorrow we've been on uh, a pretty good uh this has probably been like about a month where the weekdays have been really good and yeah, the weekends yeah, the weekend shitty garbage, garbage. absolute shit Blowing cold, rainy. Yep. Yeah, we're just in like that tonight. cycle. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. fucking gross. disgusting out tonight, there. Man. Two days ago was like yeah, fishing great. heaven. Great, yeah, wonderful. I went out uh, early last week um, by myself, a uh, little scouting mission, um, an unexpected opportunity to go out. Uh, I think I told you guys earlier. Uh, client had. He's scheduled to come out and do some uh, QC work that I was doing for them on their project. And when I showed up, they weren't ready. So I got to cut loose really early in the day. And as I was driving up I-95, headed back to the NSB, it was just like uh, 
the tractor beam from the Death Star turned mm-hmm. on, mm-hmm. and I got sucked into the uh, exit ramp there at Oak Hill, mm-hmm. and uh, got out and uh, actually ran the boat all the way up to just about the South Bridge in okay. New Smyrna, nice. and uh, went back in like Kalalisa, yeah, um, yeah, right at dead low incoming. Okay. Um, found a lot of redfish that were like trapped in sections of this creek. Cool. Um, unfortunately being by myself, um, they, they were kind of like, uh, the brook trout, you mm-hmm. know, like I would come across into a deeper area and I'd be like, shit, there they are. And they were like, shit, there he yeah. is. Yeah. Um, so that didn't work out. I ran back South and, um, worked a couple of shorelines, uh, just off slippery Creek. Um, fed a fucking beautiful redfish that was like 30 inch redfish back out of the water as soon as he ate it went tight and as soon as he went tight it came unbuttoned and i was like fuck you know but at least you know i i'd done some exploring had an idea buddy of mine um was due in town that weekend uh he showed up um he had uh the weekend to uh burn before he had to start work for uh his season and uh we went out on saturday and unbeknownst to me until we were just about ready to leave um somebody was like oh dude uh ifa uh redfish tournaments this weekend boy were they right there were guys running trying to bump fish mm-hmm. all day long there was two of those goofballs um in a maverick that i don't i don't know how you expect to win a fishing tournament if you don't stop the fucking boat and actually fish (laughs) Mm -hmm. like every 20 30 minutes they'd come screaming by you know it's like hey guys stop put the push pole out, you know, and mm-hmm. like, like fucking fish, you know, like you, you're running past fish. You, you're just not seeing them. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, with it being, uh, winter time and clear water, there was not a cloud in the sky. It was a beautiful day. Um, fish were a little bit on the spooky side, combination of the clear water and getting run over by boats all day. Mm-hmm. But, uh, late in the day, um, I fed one in exactly the same damn scenario. Went tight, and then it came loose. I'm surprised, Ben. I think you were still in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, you I, you could have probably heard me <laughs> in the expletive. <laughs> like that, it could have been yeah. you and not Justin. So, mm-hmm. so just maybe 15 minutes before I fed that fish, we were pulling a shoreline. And we hear these like rumbling fucking booms. And I'm like, what the fuck was that? Like two or three of them, like in succession. And like five minutes goes by, and then the same thing, just like this deep staccato, just like ba boom, ba boom, ba boom. We're like, what is that? It was just like weird, weird, weird. So. I bone up the redfish. We 
struggle a little bit. We, we rode the struggle bus all day, uh, saw plenty of fish. Neither of us caught a fish. Um, we end our day, put the boat on the trailer, ran into Tanner Sievert at the ramp. Mm-hmm. He had been out and, uh, he had, he'd actually found some fish. He had clients, uh, pair of pair, of, uh, ladies that had come in from Indiana. Um, oh, nice. and, uh, they both, you know, fly fish for trout and mm-hmm. stuff. And, uh, one of them actually caught a redfish awesome. um, with nice. him, which was pretty cool. Tanner's doing a great job. Uh, he's really working towards uh, being full-time on, on the skiff. Um, I would say in another five to six months, mm. you'll see him full-time out there. Awesome. But uh, we packed up the boat, and uh, we ran up to New Smyrna, met up with uh, the wife and Wyatt, and all of us went out to dinner. And when I walked into the house, uh, Shannon was like, did you guys hear those booms earlier? And I was like, as a matter of fact, yeah, all the way down to no kill. What, what the hell was it? She's like, I don't know. But she's like, it wasn't, the boom wasn't loud, but it literally shook the house. Like the mm-hmm. glass in the windows yeah. was shaken. I was like, dude, that's weird. So I got on the Googler the Navy was doing live bombing in Ocala. Whoa. Wow. We were hearing the fucking that bombs is going nuts. off all the way in Ocala. And as we were reading the article, it was like on, you know, like channel six, yeah. you know, or whatever. And they had done it on Friday afternoon. Well, I'd never heard anything Friday, but on Saturday, holy shit. Yeah, yeah. we heard it. And, uh, Rick was like looking. He was like, "Dude, that's a hundred miles away." Yeah, yeah. I was like, "Fucking that's hey, nuts. that's crazy." So, can you imagine if you were in Ocala or like out in the Ocala National yeah. Forest? Yeah, just how loud it had to have been up there. How many like confused people and or like calls to a nine one one or something? You know yeah. what I mean? Oh like yeah, something. Yeah. Somebody just hit something. Something's going on here. Does a wild bear shit in the woods? It does when <laughs> the Navy's bombing. Pretty violent. <laughs> <laughs> it does when the Navy's bombing. Dad used to talk about when he used to he used to do some like laser testing with mm, some stuff uh, with Northrop Grumman, uh-huh. and they used to test out in Yuma at the proving grounds. And the laser, you'd go blind if you looked into it. So for like legal reasons. They'd fly, they're like 15 miles from the border, and they'd fly over and they'd drop fake bombs to like clear the field. And he said, He goes, You'd think like, yeah, there's nobody there. You'd, that fake one would hit the ground. He said, All of a sudden, bushes just grew legs and people started bolting everywhere. And they'd do that a couple <laughs> times and they could actually go test the pattern. So that was with no like sonic boom sounds at all. Wow. So I can't imagine. I bet there was a lot of bear shit in the woods. And okay, <laughs> <laughs> no doubt about it. Um, what, what's some of the other stuff that's been going on? Um, the library project, mm-hmm. um, has actually been, uh, pretty good, pretty good. Um, the guys up at, uh, trophy guides up in Hampton, Tennessee. I don't know if, uh, any of our folks that listen to the podcast, follow them on Instagram. Uh, if you're on the South Holston river, the Watauga river mm-hmm. up in Northeast Tennessee, those guys are absolutely dialed in uh, when it comes to big trout. And little secret, they hang a lot of their killer patterns that they're getting big fish on. On the flyberry. On the flyberry, on the front of their shop. 
So, uh, you know, word to the wise: mm-hmm. if the, if you if you're going to visit a library <laughs> up That's in East Tennessee, that might be one you want to check mm-hmm. out. That was uh, so that was cool too. Like, so last year when I met Brandon and Boone, like we talked a little fly fishing, but we didn't like talk and get to know each other super well. And he, you know, we started talking a lot more about like water stuff here. And he fishes with trophy water guides a lot. Uh huh. Um, good friends with those three guys and it's three of them, right? Three brothers kind of, well, there's two brothers and then Chris is their okay. head guide and okay. they've got a couple other guys, but gotcha. mainly hangs the out with brothers, them. Yeah. And then, uh, there's a local like skate and snowboard shop called recess and Boone. Uh, okay. And JP, he hangs like, that's his other big fishing buddy. And they go out to the South Holston a lot in his drift boat. Cool. But, uh, it's, it's kind of cool to like hear all these like names I'd heard from like the mostly the Flybury project with the trophy mm-hmm. water and they're like he's like yeah hang out with those guys all the time it's like I'm sick mm-hmm. I haven't seen our location here the uh, the meth lab location um, I stopped oh, by the meth lab yeah. yesterday yesterday yeah. I think yep. and uh, it was empty when I got there mm-hmm. I hung uh, uh, the fly guy that yeah. uh, mm-hmm. sent us um, flies yeah um, the last time the mail barge came through. I put three of his uh, crab patterns on there yesterday. Nice. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, not getting the number of flies that I would have hoped our local community would keep putting yeah. on there. Uh, it's kind of been a lull. But uh, the patch is still up. That's yeah. the one that Johan put up, the yeah, uh, yeah. permit. The edges of it are getting picked over pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I will tell you that the uh, sticker situation out on pump hand. one is getting <laughs> out of hand. It's like it's getting plastered. It's plastered. Um, that reminded me too when Jameson and I fished the Flybury project at River Breeze had a dry fly on it. Oh really? Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, somebody somebody out there uh, targeting uh, rising redfish, rising uh, mosquito fish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, back in the ditches, mosquito larvae. So uh, Andy, who's uh, the guy that manager i guess he's the son of the owner of the meth lab i talked to him uh yesterday when i stopped in they just uh got another store it's the marathon uh between the graveyard and the post office on us1 up in edgewater mm-hmm. so okay you know, have them all sooner than yeah edgewater. yeah so they're and don't they have the one out by the airport yeah, as well? Yeah, I think. Uh-huh. yeah. that's a marathon. Yeah. yeah. So they just picked up that property. Yeah. They're, they're really good, good people, man. If if you're fishing the lagoon, go by the meth lab. Um, you know, you don't have much in the way of choices, but uh, you know they've got the deli there. I, I get sandwiches there all the mm-hmm. time. The yeah. chicken fingers are great there. You can get out of the fryer, um, and they're just good. They're just good guys, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, uh, Get a little skiff fuel while you're there. A little skiff fuel, a little ice, a little, you know, whatever. Speaking of skiff fuel, um, if you're so inclined and you happen to be listening to the podcast sometime, say Monday, Tuesday, and you're hearing this, you might want to go to the website because there's probably going to be an opportunity by the time you're listening to this that if you went to the website, that there's uh, a new page on the website where you might be able to pick up some cool merchandise. Let's leave it at that. Mm -hmm. So maybe a shirt. Pretty excited. 
who knows what you might find on there. Mm-hmm. Could be anything. Life's like a box of chocolates. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got a, I've, I'm pretty sure this is between the last show and now, and I we talked a little bit on the phone about it. I went to a one of our local retailer hardware store. Yeah, for some uh, for some sunglasses. I don't really. I don't know if I should be mean to the sunglass company, but yeah, why not? Who don't cares? be mean. Just tell yeah. tell what happened. Well, let, let people draw their own conclusion. Yeah. So they have the this brand of sunglasses that I like at, at the hardware store, and of course, you know. It's probably like you gotta try it, It's on. probably like the number one choice of like a Florida native, right? Yeah, Florida, yeah, <laughs> natives anywhere. Local really. eyewear. <laughs> um, so I like to see them, look at them, try them on. Sure, you know, uh, I'm like that with my panties, right? <laughs> fair, <laughs> totally fair. Totally, it is Valentine's Day after all. Yes. So I went in. And before I even got there, uh, there was a particular style that I had before. So, hey, do you have this style? I said, listen, I had that style, and they have another one. I like it even better. We've got this style that you had before, and we have this other one. So just when you you know, when you know come in, if you don't find me, whatever it's called, X, Y, Z, whatever it is. So uh, I'm like, awesome. And, you know, what lenses I wanted and all that stuff. The guy knew exactly what I was asking for, talking about get in. And uh, go back, grab them, try them on. Guys, help me out. Fantastic. There was this is a, a hardware store. It's a like a small chain. It's Ace Hardware, uh-huh. but it's owned by you know yeah a local co- yeah, yeah. It's, it's Ace's like uh, like Madden's Ace Hardware right. or whatever. So it's it's six stores I think in Volusia. Right. So there was two options of Madden's Aces that I could have gone to and got the same you know service at both of them. Uh, same glasses. Uh, so anyways, get the glasses and I just looked on my phone really quick to check their like sizing chart. Even though I was there, I don't know why, you know, just being manic or whatever. I check it and I realized that the glasses on the website, on the manufacturer website are about half as much as marked in the store. And I'm like, Oh, and the guy's like, what? I showed him and he's like, well, this is like the MSRP that they mark on them before uh-huh. they send them here. I'm like, well, this is kind of a dilemma. You know, if they were like marked up crazy, I'd think that the store was kind of a little, you know, a little much. Yeah. However, when it's a set MSRP. Right. That the company sets for the store, the company's just hosing the store. Right. Because they're competing against the store, right? And the consumer that knows that the you know buying direct, right, saves them half. Saves them half. In this case, like sixty bucks difference. Wow. So I showed the dude, and he's like, uh, "I don't blame you." So I'm like, "All right, I'm just gonna get them anyways because I'm here. They're already in my hand." Right. You don't have to wait on yeah. shipping and all that. Yeah. So the. And we go there anyways. Uh-huh. I mean, odds and ends, there's one near the shop. So we all, for, all forever, just going in there for whatever. Um, so I called I called the sunglass company. I'll make a note, they said. I'm like, oh, gross. Like, they're totally, like, at this point, I thought they were just completely victimizing, like, this hardware store chain. 
because they're you know the price difference is so gross so i uh called the hardware state store chain owner really yeah and i'm like all right you know and he's like oh yeah whatever yeah i'll just you know come in i'll give you a, a refund or whatever i'm like no 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 it's not that it's just the fact that you're competing with the people that are selling you the glasses right just wanted double. you to know yeah and he's he's like oh okay so he kind of chased it up and apparently there'd been some price change some major change and their rep hadn't made it back yet to like talk to him for a couple months because they had changed reps and he you know whatever whatever and they all kind of it all came out in the wash later on but i think it kind of lends itself to some things we were talking about with with uh manufacturers and who's allowed to carry what and, yeah for and sure what they're going to mark you know what they'd like to set their market at and and them doing their diligence i think it's a pretty good hookup well we were talking to um mauser fly rods mm-hmm. and when he first started building rods you know the the typical way that everybody does things is you know they want to be in brick and mortar Fly right. shops, right. right? You know, that's like almost like you know, you got street cred because you're in a fly shop. Sure. And he started realizing that in order to make the same amount of money, he has to produce twice as many rods mm-hmm. and sell those rods to the shop on terms. Right. 30, maybe 60 days. Yeah. So he's basically not just being a manufacturer, he's being a finance company mm-hmm. when instead, if he could just sell them at that MSRP straight from his website and just do straight web sales, mm-hmm. he can manufacture half as many rods and still make the same amount of money. So like at some point into starting his business and building his business, he realized, Hey, I don't have a problem with being in fly shops and being in fly shops is cool. I want to support fly shops, but he doesn't actively go out and try to get fly shops. He's really just saying, Hey, I'm the manufacturer, right? This is what we have. The only downside to that. And you know, I got my new reel and I was thinking after the fact, I'm like, you know, I've got, a few eight weights laying around that I could use, but you know, I almost want, you know, like I almost feel like the new reel deserves right. the new rod kind sure, of thing. Sure. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I really fucked up. I should have cast one of those That's rods while thing. I was yeah. at, at, you know, cause I don't have any doubt whatsoever as far as the quality of the build that Mauser does. Yeah. My only reticence is I've never cast one and I don't know how it fits my style of casting. Mm-hmm. And I don't know of anywhere here locally where I could put my hands on one and go test drive one, right. you know, go cast it on a lawn somewhere. So I'm kind of verklempt where I'm like, I'd love to support Mauser and buy that rod. And the cool thing is they're a Virginia company as well, or no, they're a Carolina company, North, North Carolina, Carolina think, but they're right. like, right. They're like yeah, yeah. neighbors to, to Seidler. Right. And I was like, man, I really screwed up. I could have tried that rod out. And if it worked for me, I would have bought it while I was up there. Right. And now I'm kind of like, 
I don't, you know, I just don't know where I can put my hands on one to try one. Right. So, and I, that's something that, and that's, is that's important to, that me, it, to me. That's the important part of a, of a rod buying decision. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why if I ever go to a, a fly shop and cast a rod in the fly shop, I'm not going to go cast one in the shop. And then, and then turn around and go, right. you know, buy it on, you know, find the best deal online or whatever. Because right. I do appreciate, you know, what you get from a fly shop. Yeah. So I don't know what rod I'm going to get. Um, I'm going to I'm going to figure out something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's interesting because while I was in North Carolina, we were talking to my buddy Patrick owns Do South Outfitters. He and his wife. Um, and we were talking about different. He's a big hardy guy, mm-hmm. but he was. You know, there's another shop in town that's a big Orvis guy. Uh-huh. And he was, you know, we kind of, I briefly mentioned it. I was like, yeah, there's that one shop over there. They sell Orvis. He's like, you know, people have always been like, why don't you sell me? Because, and the reason is because I got to spend 15 grand to get them in my store. Mm-hmm. He's like, and then you go on their website and the first thing that pops up is 20% off. Right. He's like, eh, that's not cool. <laughs> right. Yeah. And. I don't know if Orvis just gets away with it because they're bigger and they've been there forever, so nobody cares. Well, they carry a lot of clout, you know. I yeah, mean, you know, a lot of people when they see Orvis, the first thing they think of, you know, after dog beds is mm-hmm. you know fly fly fishing. jackets. I yeah. was gonna say mm-hmm. I was gonna say plaid jackets, right? Uh, the watches, uh, and I think it's it's just one of those things with a phone in your pocket. That gap between the guy explaining why he liked glass, you know, a particular style mm-hmm. of glasses and this mm-hmm. and that and the other and being able to, you know, touch them, feel them. They're right in front of you, ready to go. And, and he knew his product too. Yeah. I mean, like he, yeah. he guided you right to exactly what you yeah. needed, wanted. Yeah. Only to find out after the fact that, you know, he's busting his tail to make a sale. Right. Getting hosed. And, and, and if, if it was anybody else, they'd have been like, yeah, man, I'm good. Yeah. And they would have walked out yeah. and they would have ordered him sitting in the car out front. That's what we talked about the last yeah. time. Like Flounder Creek, man, you know, the, the local fly shop is the cultural center of the community mm-hmm. of fly fishermen in an area. Right. And the fact that those guys are struggling down there in Titusville to find brands that are willing to allow them and that's crazy. Allow them right. yeah. to uh, be able to sell a particular model or brand of reel or rod, and the reason that they get that they can't do it is, you know, well, you're too close to the other guy, and it's like too close. Close is the phone in my back pocket. Yeah. Right. You know, it was that quick. I'm. I was holding the glasses in one hand and looked them up with the other. Yeah. The other single hand standing in the store. Right. And it was like. That's just an unfair situation. Yeah. And they're left holding the bag, too. I mean, they've got, a, you know, six stores, a rack full in every store. That's tons of glasses. I actually discussed with a rep the Flounder Creek situation mm-hmm. up in Atlanta because that particular rep reps a rod brand and a real brand that I know that they would like to carry sure. it, it. I know they would like to carry the real brand um, down in Titusville. And I said, man, why on, you know, do you guys understand that Melbourne is an hour plus away? Right. Orlando hour plus away. 
and and that's on a good traffic day. Yeah. That's, you know, and and almost no matter without fail, either one of those destinations is going to be over that amount of time due to traffic. Yeah. Oh yeah, mention Orlando, and that's yeah, and half or double. And the guides or the rep said, no, no, no. I I've had conversations with Nick. I know what you're talking about. And he goes, and unfortunately, I have said no. He goes, but I want you to think about it from my perspective as the rep. He goes. I make my money off of sales. I'm commission-based. So do I want him to have those brands? Absolutely. Right. And he said, but here's the thing. It's not really so much a mandate from the manufacturer. It's I have dealers nearby, and I know what you're saying. An hour away is like really like puts it out of reach to the normal person. But it's actually those other shops, one in particular, that if I opened this new shop, even though you and I both know and he probably knows in his heart of hearts, right. it doesn't affect his bottom line. But for whatever reason, he would actually go to the manufacturer past me as the rep and stir up a bunch of trouble for me. And he said, so I just... Unfortunately, I'm, I'm human, and I'm yeah. just like, you know, it's not worth the fight and the struggle. So right. I just, you know, I'm just like, hey, man, this other guy is going to fucking raise hell about yeah. it, so I can't. And it's sad to know that one fly shop owner would fucking trip up the other right. one that's that far away from each other. It's just, yeah. it's, it's, it's a contrarian, like, fucking view of the fly fishing community, in right. my opinion. And and when I found out which shop that was, I was like, well, I know where I'm not shopping again. Yeah, right. And there's there's a model of like uh, Ybor City or Flagler Avenue or Canal Street where there's restaurants or bars mm-hmm. right next door to each other for like a mile. Right. Two miles or half a mile, whatever. Um, they all have whatever they're doing going on for them. Mm-hmm. So even if there were a couple stores in the same town, I mean, this is, this is America. Yeah. Um, one's a little bit cleaner than the next. Mm-hmm. One's a little bit cheaper. One's a little bit nicer. One's nicer. One's got a different bring. vibe yeah, to yeah. it. Yeah. One plays loud music. One's nicer for a date. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's a lot of different reasons why you would like different places, you know, fly shops or other where they could exist. There's no reason why, you know, all the restaurateurs on one street don't hate each other. No. The pizza shop guy doesn't hate the, you know, steak guy. No. Nope. They're all bringing the crowd. And they all sell Budweiser. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're allowed. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's weird. <clears throat> and, you know, I've, I used to rep a, a fly rod brand, and it was always the weird thing to me being part of that industry is – and I, the only word I can come up with is protectionism. Mm-hmm. And it's like this monopoly protectionist racket mm-hmm. that exists in the fly fishing industry that's fucking un-American. Right. It really, right. really yeah. is. And, you know, I think that the the wild card, and we've said it before, is service. Right. And you look at 239. They're killing it. You know, you want to know why Nick is killing it down at 239? Because it's such a fucking cool vibe and yeah. a cool place. And it transcends 
the brick and mortar. Like he has the fly tying nights and everybody right. that lives down there in Bonita beach loves to go and hang out at the fucking shop, yeah. enjoys it. But he takes it a step further and just his presence on Instagram, right. his Instagram stories, and he'll do Instagram lives. He has created a connection mm-hmm. with his community, mm-hmm. and his community extends well beyond the city limits of yeah, Bonita sure. Beach. Sure. And it's, or Bonita Springs. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's that's the area where they need to be competing. Forget mm-hmm. about competing over. Well, I can't carry this brand because the mm-hmm. guy up the street might have it. I mean, Walmart carries the same stuff as Amazon, as yeah, yeah. Target, as yeah. Publix has what sure. Win Dixie has. You know, it's like it just comes down to where do you enjoy and like to go. Mm-hmm. And so all of those organizations know that it's about customer service, right. and that's where they win the day. Right. I wish it was like that more more so in yeah. in fly fishing. And and yeah. and when you have when you have you know these outlets and 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 good you know retail companies like people that have a draw that have a crowd that have people walking in um you take care of them a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> don't yeah. don't cut their throats. Right. You know, that's crazy. But um yeah, what's coming up? cold and blustery weekend you know i think um i think tomorrow's supposed to be kind of a little bit on the crappier side still like transition day sunday i think might actually be clean up decent. a little bit sunday morning ten thirty. oh yeah there's a rocket launch yep i might actually forward to that. figure out if i can slip out and uh watch that from the water nice maybe uh sling a string while i'm out there but uh other than that um mark and i have a uh, midweek if i can finagle my schedule and find a gap in it somewhere we have a, a triple secret uh trip that we're trying to put together triple top secret triple top secret nice it's almost as exclusive as being invited to go bone fishing with johan but no oh, not quite yeah. to that level we wouldn't know anything about that. I, I certainly no. wouldn't. Um, but uh, yeah, we we've kind of we've got about a three week to four week window of opportunity to fish a particular condition that exists, and uh, we've just got to get mm. off our dead ass and make it happen. Well, but uh, we're looking, looking forward, forward to to, to the mm-hmm. report if mm-hmm. if we can if we can figure it out and, and make it happen. Yeah. Um, other than that, um, I've been doing uh, a little bit of fly casting lessons with uh, someone, so I think I'm due for another round of uh, lessons with her. And uh, of course, we're still working on the dinghy derby. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. That that's actually taking more time than I'd expected it to, but I think the benefit's going to be pretty cool in the end. Yeah, and I don't feel like we're, like, so close to the event that no one's going to find out about it in time. No, 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 no. Like, it's going to be plenty successful. I mean, we've already got people signing up and people messaging me who haven't signed up. The uh, other thing, I'm I'm a procrastinator by by trade, Mm -hmm. 
um, professional loafer and uh, I really need to uh, focus and get the last of my shit moved out of my old house because <laughs> I, I really want to get that place cleaned out and then do a little bit of sprucing up, mm-hmm. put it on the market, get rid of it. Otherwise, it's going to turn into a fucking albatross. Mm-hmm. Um, other Beautiful than, bird. Other than that, man, I, <laughs> you know, I, I think I'm pretty regular. Just work stuff next couple of weeks. Probably try to pop out a little bit over the next, probably before the next show. Yeah. See if we get out of this, like, I'm not kidding. I feel like it's been about six weeks. Uh-huh. And we yeah. at the weekend, like Friday afternoon, oh, gets shit. Yes, yeah. for sure. And Absolutely. It's like we're in. I mean, just dialed in perfect at weekend after weekend. So, yeah. so, so something that you and I need to hook up on. I would really like to, if you have time, and I know you're kind of transitioning where you're going to have a little bit more time yeah. in the evenings uh-huh. coming up. Um, I'd like to see if we can't uh, turn the old tarpon canoe into something usable. Oh, yeah, yeah, Because I yeah. would like to start throwing it in behind the Marine Discovery Center. Yeah. And, like, pulling it around I've back in there. That. Yeah, it's it's pretty. Because it's, yeah. they've got the kayak launch back there. Yeah. Yeah. So you can literally pull up. Yeah. If we can get that thing going, I think we could have some fun in it. Oh, yeah. Heck, yeah. So. I'm into it. All right, guys. Well, uh, I guess, uh, you know. That's going to be about all we got for episode 41 of Taylor Trash Fly Fishing. Thanks for listening. And uh, we'll be back hopefully sooner rather than later. Hopefully a week or two. Yeah. Thanks for listening, y'all.
Civil War came, Civil War went. Brother fought brother, South was spent, but it's true to my hatred. Passed down through the years. It should have been different, it could have been easy, but pride has a way of holding too firm. run wild they beat their chest and they swear we're gonna rise again it should have been different it could have been easy the day that old horn died hate should have gone with it here we are calling the wild